Rebecca and Jerry have just announced their topics for fall quarter at Cold Wax Academy, which begins October 12th. So with a special focus on member participation, they are planning a couple of new features. One will be online mentoring to help with issues in creative practices. And one session this quarter will be devoted to members tracking their painting progress over the past year. The quarterly member critique and painting clinic for works in progress will also be featured along with further information on professional development. You can sign up for one of two membership levels at any time and catch up on the past two years of recorded weekly sessions at your own pace. So to hop on in for the fall quarter, that's coldwaxacademy.com, coldwaxacademy.com. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about your upcoming exhibit. Nothing energizes and motivates an artist like being offered an exhibit, especially one that involves showing a lot of your work. Even experienced artists with a history of exhibits feel excited by the opportunity, but also a little daunted by all the work and the planning involved. Today we'll go through some of the practical aspects of preparing for a show based on Rebecca's almost 40 years of experience with exhibiting her work. And in a future episode, we'll consider some of the other challenges involved in showing your work. With me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So this topic has been on my mind because I've recently uh, launched an exhibit of my work um, up in uh, Telluride, Colorado at Slate Gray Gallery. And just kind of reflecting on everything that's involved when when you have a show, lots of different aspects to to go through. Um, and, you know, there's there's the practical things like Ross said that we're going to, we're going to get into today, kind of the nuts and bolts. Um, uh, but there are other things also about exhibiting. I mean, what, what role does that play for you? What, what about, you know, how does it help your growth as an artist? Um, things like that. I mean, it, it's, it's an, exhibiting your work to me is part of the cycle of making the work to getting it out there so that people can see it and so on. Um, so today, yeah, just kind of going through some of the, the basic stuff. And hopefully, even if you are uh, an experienced artist with exhibiting, there will be information here or thoughts to consider that are that are helpful. Um, so, and, and the first thing, which really is more for people starting out to think about is, are you ready to take this step of exhibiting your work? And, and here we are not talking about just a piece or two in a show, but... Uh, are you ready to show a whole body of your work that the work that needs to be cohesive, that's going to show well together, they have enough. Um, and there was an episode in the past, it was um, uh, episode 168 of the podcast, where we talk about the idea of a body of work, how does how does work fit together? You know, it doesn't all have to look the same, but there are relationships between the pieces. So some other things to think about. Um, when you reach this step, what are what would your ideas be for having a show? Sometimes people have a thematic idea. They have a body of work that's um, all kind of contributing to a central idea that they want to um, show. Uh, that's kind of one approach to an exhibit. The other approach that works also quite well is just kind of a slice of of 
you know, a slice of your art life. It's it's what I've, this is the work that I've been doing in the last year, for example, so that you wouldn't have to identify this work is all about whatever, or this is a certain series or anything. So, you know, either either way works. I've seen plenty of good exhibits that I could say either had that central idea or just this is what I've been up to. At the same time, though, it should all you know, talk, the work should talk to each other when you when you put it up. Um, another consideration is giving yourself uh, time to prepare. Do you have enough time to prepare? Um, I have pulled a show together in a matter of a few months myself, but ideally you need longer, maybe, uh, maybe even up to a year, and a lot of places schedule that far out. So six to 12 months usually, depending on how productive you are, um, to, to just pull this thing together. Um, another question, are you okay with some financial risk? We don't tend to think of, wor- of uh, exhibiting in terms of the financial investment, but it is certainly part of it. Uh, typically, a gallery is going to expect you to take care of everything up to the point where you bring the work in. So, in other words, any framing or shipping uh, to get the work to them. And if you're going to travel for the show, that's obviously another expense. So, and sometimes there are other expenses too that the gallery may ask you to contribute to say print advertising or something. And so you, and, and, you know, that's another topic, whether you want to do that, but it's, um, you know, realizing hopefully you're going to make some money and this is worth it, but you know, you have to know that going into it, that's going to cost you something. And I think the last thing with this sort of, am I ready? Am I ready to take the sleep is in the, in the best case scenario, this exhibit is going to lead to other things. It's, it's going to lead to other exhibits. It's going to lead to you having collectors, um, possibly commissions. And are you in the position to, to take advantage of that right now in your life? If not, you know, maybe wait till you have, have your art life together um, so that you're ready. You're ready to jump if something comes of it beyond sales, which are great. Um, and you also may, you may be asked to, to speak about your work and, and, you know, so you have to also be ready to present yourself to, to have something to say and be professional and all these ways of dealing with it. So that's kind of, you know, ground based thing. If when you start to think about this and anybody who's had exhibits, you know, this is old news to them, but that's more for people uh, starting out. And, so you may have this, you may come to this idea that I'm ready to do this. You know, I'm ready now. I've got a lot of work. I'm, I want to show it. How do you, how do you make that happen? How do you line up an exhibit? Um, and again, focusing here on showing a body of work in, I'm going to say like a standard dedicated gallery space. Not, so I'm not talking here about showing in a in a restaurant or some other venue like that but but a place that is meant to sell art um, because it's just a different situation if you show in non-conventional places there's a lot more planning on your part but I'm going to assume that you're you're collaborating with a, a venue you know in these points and that you're you're getting input and you're it's a shared um, 
venture. So with galleries, I think a really basic thing with with working with a gallery and wondering if they're going to give you a show or is it time for a show is to really understand the point of view of the gallery. Um, for them, I mean, I talked about the artist's investment of time and money. For the gallery, it's it's really big. They really have to know in their own minds. They have to be very confident that when they show your work, they're going to see returns on it. I mean, it you know, it's a business. And so the trend now that I've noticed Oh, I I don't know. Going back a number of years now, the trend is really not for solo shows. Uh, it's not that they don't happen, and they do, but a lot of galleries now will almost always show two or three artists at the same time. And what this does for them is it, you know, it spreads out their risk, and that each artist then will probably bring in their own group of interested people who may also circulate around and see what else is there, and so. It just increases the traffic in the gallery. Um, that said, a lot of times the gallery will separate the work. So it's this kind of gray area. Is it a solo show or a group show when all your work is together in one part of the gallery? So it's a, it's kind of a different era that way. But I, I've talked to gallery people about it, and it is, it's just easier for them um, to not you know, put everything into one show. Um, another thing to know about exhibiting with a gallery is usually when you join a gallery, you just step back for a bit and wait to see when your turn comes up for an exhibit. They usually schedule their, the artists they already have are probably on the calendar for, for a while, for at least a year out. And you're not going to usually get an exhibit right away. Um, they want to prove that they can sell your work. And like I said, they there's probably other artists in line ahead of you. Um, that said, when you feel like, okay, things are going well here, they're, they're selling some of my work, I have a good relationship, it doesn't hurt to ask, you know, can you get me on the calendar for an exhibit? Um, and a, a, a little story behind that, years ago I had a friend who, would often, you know, had been exhibiting with a gallery for a while, doing well, and would say to me, well, why don't they give me an exhibit, you know, and feeling kind of like put out about it. And at some point, and I was not experienced at the time, but it came to my head to say, well, why don't you just ask? Just ask if you can have an exhibit. And he did, and he got an exhibit. And what they said to him was, oh, we thought you weren't interested, or we thought you were too busy or something. <laughs> So it's just kind of an interesting, I've always remembered that story, and it doesn't hurt to ask, and show your willingness, show that you think you're ready, and then um, hopefully that will turn into something. Um, and, you know, I'm also including in this non-commercial spaces, so this would be, um, you know, a, a regional arts center or city arts center, uh, something like that, where they have a nice gallery space, sometimes public libraries have a great exhibition space. That, um, and with those places, uh, usually you just sort of put in your application. They may put out a call for artists, or you just write to them and say, I'd like to be considered, and then they'll have some sort of review process periodically, and they'll go through their applications. And 
this is a great way to start. This is a great way to get going with exhibiting your work. Um, years, you know, years ago when I was first starting to exhibit, that was uh, my base for a while. I, I did start pretty early with commercial galleries, but I also showed in local art centers and I showed at a couple of university galleries. And, you know, anywhere you live, there's most colleges and universities have an art gallery and, you know, they, they're they looking for interesting work that the students can learn from. And so, um, you know, that's those are really good places to start if you feel like either you're not ready for the commercial gallery world or you're just, you're just avoiding it for whatever personal reasons you may have. So uh, so let's say you've, you've gone through that process and you've got you've got some dates you've got an exhibit and yay so then you enter this phase of hmm okay so how is this going to unfold what do I have to do and again it doesn't matter whether you're first starting out or you've been doing this for a while there's this preparation period um, where you're you're trying to figure out well what's the show going to look like what do I need to put in the show and what is my timeline um when you when that that basic question when you get to that how much work do i need like that's really one of the first questions that will come to your mind and so the person whoever you're working with on this will give you some input on that i think it's also good to try to familiarize yourself with the exhibition space if you haven't seen it and sometimes you know you don't have that opportunity it's not nearby so in that case, um, try to get some photos from the person in charge, dimensions, um, length of walls, where are the windows, where are the doors, and I'm not saying to try to plan out exactly where you will put you know, each size of work or something like that, because <clears throat> when it comes to hanging the exhibit, there's a lot of variables, and um, it's probably going to be out of your hands, but just to get some general idea, like how many linear feet of wall <laughs> do I have to fill? How much space do I want to put between the work? And less is more, but that's not true when you're hanging an exhibit. <laughs> it, it really is nice when you can have a, a real pause between the work that's on the walls. So try to keep the, the exhibit fairly spacious. With a commercial gallery, you can get pushback on that because they tend to want to fill it. They want to get as many pieces on the wall as they can, increasing chances for sales. So it's it that can be a point of tension. Um you you want it to look the way you want it to look and, and they would like to get as much up that they can sell as possible. <laughs> so um you know things to work out. Uh obviously when you're thinking about all that, the dimensions of your own work, if you if as an artist you are comfortable working in different scales and you have smaller work and you have bigger work, I think that's a really good approach to try to include different sizes um, in the show. It it really makes a more engaging show visually because there's a rhythm to it, you know, <laughs> a couple small ones together, then a bigger one. Um, and it also creates different price points for people that maybe like your work, but they're not ready for something really huge, or they just don't have the room for it. Um, 
Let's just take a quick break to talk about the sales that are going on at Blick. Blick does still have some discounts on oils. It's not on all of their oil paints, but the Utrecht oils and sets are currently on sale. Uh, they're anywhere between 40 and 71% off. So it is still a good time to pick up some oil paints if you are in need. When you are ready to purchase your art supplies, please remember to use our affiliate link. It is MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. I would really appreciate it if you would just bookmark that link and use it every time you buy your art supplies. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it is an incredible benefit to the show when you use our affiliate link. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. When you use that affiliate link, Blick will donate 10% of your purchase to the Messy Studio. And once again, the sale that is currently active is the Utrecht oil paints and sets for between 40 and 71% off, depending on what you buy. All right, let's get back into the show. Um, with these practical concerns, I, uh, something that occurs to me um, is, uh, is that when you're showing with someone else, that can make things more complicated. But I, I think that there are also some benefits to showing with, with another artist. Um, do you prefer to show with another artist or to, to have a solo show? I think it depends so much on, on the other artist. And a lot of times with a gallery, you don't really have a chance. You don't have any input into that. And they will just say, well, we're going to line you up with so-and-so on these dates. <clears throat> um, the reason I say it depends a lot, uh, my ideal person to show with would be a, somebody working in a three-dimensional work so that I would have the wall space, and or most of it, because a lot of times sculpture is placed in front of a blank wall, but it would be primarily um, my my work on the walls and their work on pedestals or tables or whatever. And I, I love that interaction of the 3D and the 2D. That said, I mean, somebody else who was... It, it's one of those things that's hard to describe. Some work is really compatible and yet different enough that it's not fighting. You know, there's not a... Uh, it's not too similar. And so lots of times galleries, you know, they put a lot of thought into, will these artists show well together? And so a lot of times it's fine. And it does reduce the pressure a bit to produce a whole lot of work. And it makes the opening a little more relaxed because you're not totally in the spotlight, you know. So I, I love having solo shows, but I am I'm usually just fine with one or two other people involved. Um, and that said, I, I also do kind of like to, when they isolate the work and it's more, this is that person's work, this is my work. It's not totally intermingled, um, although that can also work fine. It's, it's you know, it's a lot of variables there. Um, but, but frankly, that typically is what happens. You're showing with someone, so usually you don't get the choice if if you're not if you're working with a commercial gallery they're going to they're going to make their own decision about that um and before the break there was a a little bit about scale that's something to consult with the gallery about too because they may um really prefer that you only put up large work for their own reasons because it sells for higher price <laughs> or they maybe you know they want to range so Talk to them about scale if you work in different scales and see what what their ideas are about that. Um, so 
that's kind of the first step is getting an idea of what it is you need to come up with over time, because hopefully you have some time. And then you have this period when you really need to be focused. You know, you really need to be creating work aimed at the exhibit that's going to work together. Um, and this can be kind of stressful. I mean, it even, again, even when you've shown a lot of times, it can feel uh, the pressure's on. You know, you have to pull this thing off. And I kind of like to start with a few pieces that I, I've already done that are in the studio. So uh, not just totally the blank, you know, the blank canvas, as we've talked about in the past, for the exhibit, having a few things that you say, you know, I'd, I'd like to show this work. Maybe it isn't even quite done, but this is my starting point. Later, when you finish, you may go back through and weed some things out. But it's kind of nice to have that jumping off point. Um, and also, as you're producing work, doing ideally at least, doing more than you think you're actually going to take to the gallery or you're going to have them look at uh, for the show because there's room to choose then. And so, and, and also to, to pick things that really do work together. Um, you don't have like one outlier or something, you know, everything's uh, cohesive. So to make that easier, you know, do a little more work than you really need to. And I also think it's a good idea, if you have the time, to not focus exclusively on the show, to, to keep up some other things that you enjoy doing. Maybe you, you enjoy drawing and you're going to be exhibiting painting, so you have some drawing going on the side. Something, you know, these little, like, pressure valves <laughs> release so that it's not, you know, laser focus all the time. Um and, you know, with your venue, just keep communication open, see, uh, you know, give them some feedback, here's what I've got so far, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, realize this is a joint venture, and you and them are working together to, to do this show. So um, some galleries are really good at communicating and, and giving feedback, and others don't, but you can always try. <laughs> And it's, it's, you know, I think it, it does uh, help keep you on track and feel that you, you're on track when you're getting some feedback from wherever you're going to be exhibiting. Um, so you got the work, um, and there's a point as you get closer to the show where everything speeds up, and there's a lot of stuff that the gallery probably wants you to provide for them, and a lot of it has to do with promotion of the show beforehand. So ideally, the gallery gives you a pretty clear timeline of what they need. Um, sometimes they just sort of assume that you're on top of things, and, and maybe you are. But if you're not sure, ask. And they, they should be able to say, I need this by that date or whatever. Um, if you run into situations where you need a little more time, I would say don't abuse that, but if it's if it's a real situation, you know, just be open about it. And we we've, we've talked about that in other podcasts. You know, it's it's better to be honest if there's some kind of problem. Um, so typically, the gallery for promotion will need things like good photographs of the work, um, an artist statement, which can be targeted at the show, especially if you have 
a theme, you have a concept that you're working with. So write about that in your statement. Um, uh, bio- biographical information um, and any any other promotional materials, um, resume. So, you know, you got to have those ducks lined up. You need to know when exactly they need the work at the venue. Um, and you need to know what what's happening at the opening you know how long is it what's what do they expect you to be doing uh you have to decide whether or not to be there and you don't always have to be but it's certainly a good idea uh will you will they want you to give some kind of a talk um just something casual or something more involved and sometimes galleries plan other events like maybe a another um uh, opening that's just for collectors or something like that. So really trying to get the details. And again, it's not always, some galleries just aren't good at communicating all these things. And you may get some vague answers, but try to get enough so that, <laughs> so that you understand the program. Um, and this, um, I mentioned financial obligations for getting the show to the gallery. There may be times when galleries ask you to contribute to things like uh, special mailings or advertising um, and so on, I would say be careful about agreeing to do very much of this yourself because I always feel that, you know, the gallery is taking 50% of your sales price they need to take on, you know, these kind of things themselves. When you're working with a non-commercial space, it's different. If you're showing at the art center in town, they may say, here's what we do for an opening. You know, we put out bottles of water for the reception. If you want something more, it's up to you. <laughs> and then you decide, you know. Um, so it, it's it's different whether it's a commercial or a non-commercial venue for some of those expenses you can kind of expect to have to chip in and then these um the non-commercial venues oh they're going to take maybe 20 to 30 percent if that of a sale so they're not doing nearly as much promotion themselves so okay you can chip in um and and understand you can do a lot of promotion that costs you nothing through social media through your newsletter through your website ideally your website I'm going to speak here ideally because mine was not for my show. Ideally, your website is updated at the time of your exhibit. <laughs> this last time, I kind of fell apart on that, and I'm getting it done now, but it was not when the show opened. So, um, is, yeah. is there a point um, leading up to the show when if if the gallery is not doing an adequate job of promoting it, that you think it's good to speak up and say, "Hey, could you guys maybe do this or that?" Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think if if you have a question you really need answered, and they're not doing it, I think you ha- you do have to push a little bit. And I think you know there can be a lot of assumptions made. The gallery, if you've been exhibiting before, or if you've exhibited with them before. They may assume that you've got it all under control or that you understand it perfectly. And, you know, we always have questions. And so, um, yeah, I think sometimes you have to be pushy. You do, uh, in a nice way. But, but saying, I need to know this in order to be really prepared for the exhibit, you know, help me understand what's happening here. And, you know, it's... 
Ideally, you have good communication with your gallery, but usually with a gallery, you're not just dealing with one person. I mean, you may be dealing most often with a director, uh, but there are other people that work there, and sometimes it's hard to get to the director. You're always talking to somebody who maybe not be quite as aware of what's happening. So it's like dealing with any business, you know, really. You just <laughs> be persistent when you need to be. Um, so I just want to talk a little bit about the the aspects, the logistics and the aspects of actually getting the work to the gallery. And when you're ready to pack it up and everything's done, it's still in your studio, really checking everything over and making sure you've got the wires on, the titles on the backs, or signed wherever you tend to sign things. Uh, you have had things framed that need to be framed. And, you know, there are no dings, there's no scratches, you know, just really in, in like quality control inspection. And then make sure that the gallery has all the information on the work. And sometimes providing that more than once is okay. So make sure they have titles matched with an image of the work, um, that they have pricing and dimensions and all that. So um, they can easily make labels and have all that to reference. Now, at this point, you have to get the work there. And are you going to drive it if it's somewhere you can drive that's that's the best choice and your your car if it's big enough is an ideal packing crate you know you can you can fit the work in there you can um you know wrap blankets around it and it becomes a wonderful transportation box and so it's also a lot less expensive than trying to arrange for shipping especially for bigger work and you just have more control over what's happening and it's very nice if you can work it out so that if you're driving, you know, a few hours and you're going to be not just dropping off and going home again, uh, if you can arrange to deliver it within a few days of the opening and then plan to just stay there until the opening. And I've done that a number of times. And a lot of galleries are fine if you bring it in, say, two days ahead of time, they have time to hang it and everything. And you relax a little bit before the opening and then go home after that. So that's a good way to time it. You should, you know, I talked about financial obligations. You are probably the one who's paying for getting the work there. The typical arrangement is galleries cover the cost of returning work that they haven't sold uh, and not that wouldn't be, you know, right after the show, but they'll hang on to it for a while. And at some point, maybe you'll get some of it back. But you're you're the one paying for the packing and the shipping and the delivery and all that. So um, there's a temptation to cut corners, I'm sure. Um, but I think it's really good if you're taking your work into a pack and ship place and have them pack it and go through how exactly they are going to pack it. They'll be building an appropriate box and you know know enough about your medium to tell them how you want it to be packed. Um, and I've had really good experiences with that. You, Depending on where you live, you can also look into, there are art delivery services, which are great, and they'll bring a van to your studio, pack it up, and take it to the directly door-to-door -door to the gallery. That works if you're in a place where they have these services and where your gallery is also in a place where they are heading, because they usually have these kind of 
you know, set schedules. But I've used that from Santa, Santa Fe to Atlanta, and it worked really well. So um, that's, that's an option, and it can be a lot cheaper than using FedEx or UPS or something. Um, I, I want to add one more shot of, thought about shipping your work, because this is something I find uh, even very experienced artists disagreeing over, and that is buying insurance for your shipped work. And <laughs> I actually never buy insurance on it, um, unless the only time I do is I'm shipping a sold work, a commissioned work or something. Person has already paid for it, and I certainly don't want anything to happen to the work. But if it's if it's my risk, I take it. And the reason this I came to this conclusion was a couple things. First of all, it adds a lot of cost. Um, when your work is high value, um, I don't have the figures in my head, but it, it can really add a, a big amount to what you're paying uh, for the, you know, on top of just the shipping. It's also really hard to make claims on original art. And FedEx um, only insures art for loss, not damage. I'm not sure why that is. Um, if you're using one of the shippers that I mentioned with the vans and so on, that's fine. They They have their own insurance and Typically, it's just part of, you know, the fee that you're paying. But when you're taking your work to a pack and ship place and they're going to say, do you want insurance on it? Um, there's a lot of fine print about this. And, you know, they'll be happy to sell you insurance, but will you be able to make a claim on it? And in all the years I've been shipping work, there has been one lost um, box I, I had sent the work with DHL, and the, there was a lost box. The gallery stepped in, tried to make a claim on it. I don't think we ever got any compensation for it. And that's the only time, though. And really, I mean, I've been exhibiting for something like 35 years and shipping things around, so I have never felt that it's worth the cost. I know other artists who wouldn't even think of sending anything without insurance, so... I'm just putting my two cents worth in there, but it's certainly a way to make it more affordable to ship things. Um, so, and before we get to the part about the reception too, a word about actually hanging the work, installing the work. Um, working with a commercial gallery, I mean, I have never encountered a situation where I was expected to come in with my hammer and nails and do this. They, they do it. Uh, and they, they also do it their way. <laughs> And next time when we talk about some of the other uh, aspects of exhibiting, I'll talk about, uh, you know, when to step back with the gallery, when to let them decide what's happening. Um, if you are hanging it, though, and this might happen in a non in a non-commercial space, an art center or something, they they may fully expect you to come in and hang. And if you've never done that before, this is actually an art in itself. Not only arranging the work. <clears throat> but physically getting it on the wall. So it's really good to have help <laughs> and hopefully help from somebody who knows what they're doing. The The physical aspects of just measuring the wall and getting the, the hangers in the right place is, you know, really better with two people. So anyway, work out ahead of time. If you're, if you're expected to hang, you know, have some help. So the work is there. It's, it's hung. 
it's lit, which may be another thing you're responsible for in a non-commercial space, adjusting the lighting. Everything's ready. And so now you're going to the opening reception. And this really is highly recommended that you show up. Um, an opening is not necessarily when you sell work. It's, it's somewhat rare to sell very much during the opening. The opening is a party, and you will certainly observe that many people are not even looking at your artwork. <laughs> they're, they're schmoozing, they're having fun, they're drinking wine and eating hors d'oeuvres, and the painting is kind of a backdrop. So the first time you observe that, it's kind of shocking, and you think, what's wrong with you people? Look at the work. And, and people will. They'll, they'll go around and look too, but if you really expect the opening to have a lot of sales, you're probably going to be disappointed. But why are you there? You're there because it shows you care. It's, it gives you an opportunity to, to talk to anyone who wants to talk to you about your work. You're being approachable, you know, you're being friendly. And that all, it all helps. It all helps your potential sales and you know, getting people engaged um, on a more a friendly, emotional level is a good thing. Um, you should expect the person, the gallery person, usually the director, you should expect them to introduce you around to people. In other words, not you are not standing there by yourself. Sometimes you're not identified as the artist, and I always think it's a good thing if galleries give you a name tag or something, but a lot of times they don't. And if it's a group show, people may not even know who you are. And it's very awkward to have to stand there by yourself. Uh, and, you know, you may have friends come, but that's not your total support for three hours or whatever. So really, the director should be uh, introducing you to people. And if you've had any experience with that particular director and it doesn't happen or you're concerned about it, you can say ahead of time, uh, just say, hey, I hope you introduce me to people that come to the opening because they know, the director will know the regulars that come into the gallery and help me socialize because I know I can be a little shy or just say something true, but, you know, help me out here. <laughs> um, and a couple of other things I like to do with openings is I like to take photos uh, before the show opens, but everything's on the wall, everything's lit, the gallery's empty, and you can get really good shots of your work and shots of the installation, so a wall with several pieces, um, or the whole gallery, if you can get it in your lens. Those are great to put on your website because it shows how your work looks in a space and it gives a sense of scale or presence or whatever. Um, and I take some during the opening just to, you know, show the happy crowds, whatever. After the show or at some point before or after, I like to have some quiet time in the gallery to look at my work and just just take it in. You know, it's kind of feeling good and also evaluating the work. And, you know, it's a good time. It's all there. It's all looking good. It's all on the walls. And you can take that that private moment. And then finally, once the, the opening is over, you're, you're past that. But whatever you can continue to do to promote your show is good. So uh, occasional Instagram posts, uh, Facebook posts, whatever, on social media. And 
I, personally, I'm not very good at this. So I'm kind of kicking myself because I haven't done a lot of that with the show that I have up now. But I see other artists doing a great job with it and maybe highlighting specific pieces in the show and so on. So that's kind of like do as I say, not as I do. Um, and the gallery, you know, you, you should know ahead of time how they're going to pay you, when they're going to pay you for any sales. And then um, also if they need you to come and pick anything up, oftentimes it's not the work that was in the exhibit. They may have older work that now that they have to store some new things, they may want you to uh, either pick up some older work, or maybe they're going to send it back to you, depending on where you live. So, you know, getting some sense of where do we go from here is also a good thing. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Um, yeah, so it's, I, I think uh, from, from many years of, of, um, of showing my work and exhibiting in a lot of different places, I think the range of experiences is pretty wide. And so it is, when you get down to giving advice, it this nuts and bolts stuff is, is pretty general and it's pretty applicable to wherever you exhibit. Uh, you, I think you always have to be flexible and communicative as best you can be. And in the end, you know, you have made a significant step in your career. And this is uh, every time you have an exhibit, it just, uh, you build on one from another, you make contacts, you see your work in a different way, and hopefully you make some sales. All right, well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.